0: Live from California, USA, is our guest tonight. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts either through their industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And before I move forward, may I request you to subscribe, follow, like, and comment on whichever platform you are watching or listening to this show on. And today we have Erin Labakis international educator and author, and we'll be talking to her on how to use writing to build community and connection, especially in today's remote environment. Welcome to the show, Erin.
1: Right. Well, thanks so much for having me. Hi, everybody. I'm really happy to be here with you today. Thank you for your time,
0: Erin, straight away from Sacramento, California, USA.
1: That's right.
0: So, Erin, uh, so uh, just tell us, you talk about writing and high-value writing. So, what does high value writing mean and then how it can, you know, lead to uh, write, writing to build community and connection will come to, especially in today's environment. Please uh, take it away. Please help us understand.
1: Yeah. Great question. Thanks. I'm happy to start with high value writing. So folks, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I've written in the past, I'm trying my best, but I just feel like it's not coming out right and it ends up being lots and lots of words, very wordy, and I don't feel like I sent my message. High-value writing focuses on two things to help with that. Number one, it's meaning forward. How do we really find the meaning in the sentence, both informational meaning and emotional meaning, And not all words have a lot of meaning. So we have to be very choosy and choose the words that really have the emotional and informational meaning that we're looking for and try to avoid those extra words like that, to, it, by, if, those smaller words. Reduce that and focus on words with meaning forward. And the other part of high value writing is to write with intention. Sometimes it can feel a little accidental. Like, I hope my email is good. But it's hard to know right when we write with intention we make decisions on purpose in our writing we think okay what's my goal who's my reader i'm going to choose these three words instead of those three words because that will meet my intention which you know to come back to the uh, last part of your question that can help us build community and connection because when we're intentional about how we think our words will land on our reader we have a better chance at building a good relationship with them.
0: Right, right, uh, Erin. Now coming to, you know, high value writing. There are a lot of artificial intelligence writers. Mm -hmm. So how do you move forward vis-a-vis those artificial intelligence tools which create so-called high value writing? They also, you know, remove the melted block you can have or writer's block you can have in terms of, whenever there is uh, something important you want to write. And so a lot of people, industry are using uh, such tools, uh, how far it is, it will continue to be in demand that time will tell, but how do you see, as a, see all this as a human writer and human ri- trainers to, to so many human writers?
1: Yeah. Great question where it's, we've got human writers. Sometimes we get help from AI but you know, who's not getting help from AI is our reader. The reader is a fully human person. So that's the issue here, right? I think it is helpful to use AI for some things in our writing, um, you know, spelling, sentence structure, things like that. And there are a few programs that help you look at tone as well. But to me, the important part is that there's a relationship that we're building in our writing. For example, you know we've tech- we've messaged each other back and forth before we ever met, but we already liked each other because we built trust through the way right. that we connected to each other. And that's what AI can't do is think, well, who is my reader really? How will I build trust with that person? What is that person worrying about today? What does that person need? How can I make sure that I do this relationship in a way that works for both of us? And AI isn't really able to think along those lines So I think it's helpful for sort of cleaning up our writing and avoiding mistakes, but it's less helpful for what I call writing EQ, using emotional intelligence to connect with our reader, um, like you were saying. And so what I, I'll just quickly say, you mentioned writer's block. What I usually say when somebody feels like, oh no, my screen is blank. What do I do? Do I turn to AI? (laughs) The first thing that you can do is just take a little post it or note write down who, what, when, where, why, fill them in, and you can move all of that information into one sentence that will say your point and get you started right away. So we do get a little paralyzed, I think, when we're starting. So write down the notes, who's the sentence about, why, you know, all that five Ws, who, what, when, where, why. Once you know that, you can feel confident writing your first sentence in your email or whatever it is.
0: Right, Redden, right. Now, you see, writing has been there since ages. Humans have been writing earlier days to scribble on the walls of the caves. Then they came to, you know, normal yes. writing. And they have been using writing and the great writers we have been used reading even today. But now in this remote, you know, work environment, remote uh, environment of, you know, globally, we are uh, all connected, but it's very remote. writing has taken up a new role as a connector when did it happen how did it happen it's a good good development but just can you help us understand the backdrop of this shift actually
1: yeah isn't that interesting and you're right that writing evolves right we we don't write the same way we used to write on caves We don't even write the same way we wrote in the 1800s or even in the 1900s, right? We always evolve and that's because culture changes and our writing reflects cultural change and cultural growth. And one of the changes in our culture now is like you said, we're connected and we're also not. We can reach people around the world easily now, that's one cultural shift, but we're also not connected because often I think we reach each other about information and transactions, but we don't reach each other humanly um, because right. the, you know, our, our internet and our devices are not necessarily set up for that part. They're more set up for transacting and, and telling each other something quickly. So I think both of those lead to, to your point there that writing now has a new role because often today we write to people that we will never meet. Um, You know, you and I got to meet today on a video at least, and that's great. Um, But before that, we had to create our whole relationship through writing. So that's why writing has this new role is because we no longer have the option to create relationships in the way we used to. Sometimes we do when we're at home with our friends and family, but we have to create relationships a new way now with many people. And so the words we choose will make or break their relationship in some cases. And that's why writing is so crucial now. Right, right, Erin. Like, I,
0: I can say that some sentences, uh, the impact of some, some some sentences still remain as impactful as ever. And especially in today's time is that these are the good, they, these th- those were the best of times and those were the worst of times. In today's human evolution and the way technology has come in, in terms of writing, also, if you see a lot of writing is happening on social media and less of reading is happening. A lot of, you know, in people are getting on ebooks, Real writers are taking their own time to be discovered. So that's the world we are living in. Now, in terms of connection, how does connection happen? Is it, is it because of good writing or is it because of writing on social media? When you say we can build community and connection, uh, what do we exactly mean and how do we exactly do that and how, what sort of writing can actually do that? Can you elaborate on that?
1: Yeah, definitely. Thanks. Um, I think you're right. We use social media to make connections. Um, And then I would also say that that is usually still writing. Um, So we have a few different ways that we connect through writing now. We have the formal ways when we're messaging someone on a work platform or emailing someone. But then we have a lot more informal ways that we write now, too, through our posts on Instagram and everywhere else. Um, And so when even those words we want to choose carefully, because your question is a good one, just by writing to each other, it doesn't mean we're going to have connection. If we just write straight information only and don't worry about the human side, even on social media, we won't have connection if the writing isn't human. Um, and so what I think about often is when we're writing on an email or a social platform or a project sharing platform like Teams or Reich or something, it's really important to try to make your perspective include that of the reader. I think we are brought up to write for ourselves and our teacher. And we're brought up to show, oh, my writing is good. I know this information. I'm such a good student. But now it's not for us, it's not for our teacher. Anytime you write, unless it's a journal, you're writing for another person, social media included. We're writing for other people now. And so we need to keep that in mind. And if I'm um, even sort of messaging with a friend through Instagram, I'm always thinking, well, what, what is their perspective right now, what do they need right now? Can I phrase this in a way that respects the realities that they're dealing with right now? For example, if your friend or like you're you're enjoying a festival and you're going to have many people around, I would know today is not the day to send you a bunch of detailed messages on Instagram. (laughs) I would respect your reality, right? And so that's number one is thinking, well, who's my reader? What do they value and need? Where are they at? What's their life like today? And then try to write with awareness of that human being um is the first way and then there are some some smaller tricks too like things like being careful with how we use the word you when we use the word you positively like i've really enjoyed working with you to prepare this podcast that's great but when we use the word you negatively on social media on an email anything like um i your idea did not help or we did not like your idea or you You know told me the wrong idea now we get into some bad feelings so we also need to be really careful with word choice and respecting if i say you a lot in a mean way it's going to sound like i'm pointing a finger and so we have to think okay who is this person what is their life like right now what do they need but then i also have to care about the words i choose read them out in your mind read them out aloud before sending make sure something couldn't sound accidentally condescending accidentally disrespectful
0: right right erin erin you are an international educator and author and you have been teaching writing for over 25 years you know your clients are in, include businesses and nonprofit organizations in the u.s and also around the world mm-hmm. now i want to understand uh, through you what are they learning from you in terms of writing what kind of writing uh, that they want to learn a lot of people are educated already they come from good backgrounds they got good training uh, in their own offices in their workplaces and even at their homes so what is it that they want to learn extra from you what is it that you see that they lack and that needs to be you know supplemented with
1: yeah. Thanks for asking because you're right. The people that I work with are, are people with jobs who are doing well. and They're very personable, smart, kind people around the world in these different businesses, nonprofits, or schools. So you're right. They already know their content. They know their goals. They know their job. Um, but what they worry about is they often feel I think nervous about their writing, for one thing, many people just feel it's hard to be confident about our writing. So they're often looking for ways to feel confident and in charge of their writing. They're also looking for how to write clearly and concisely, because especially for people who are successful and maybe they were a really good student in college or graduate school, they learned to write in a different way. Um, And they learn to write maybe in a scholarly way, or maybe at least in an academic way. And they're not sure, well, how should I write now that I'm just writing to a colleague? It It can't be the same writing. I used to write an essay. Surely my colleague does not want an essay, right? So what do I do now? So they're usually asking, how can I be clear and concise? And then now they're also asking, how can I bring emotional intelligence to my writing And how can I be clear and direct, but make sure it's not so clear and direct that it sounds harsh? So balancing what I call concise and nice, clear, concise, direct, honest language, but also making sure that it's respectful. So they come often looking for that. And one more thing is sort of not many people, when we learned writing in school, we did not really learn about how to analyze our reader, how to think about situation that we're in because we usually were told by our teacher what to do so we just did it well now it's our it's on us to figure out what to do now it's like you know you have to email this person but how are you going to do it and so in the classes we talk a lot about how to think that through how to think about what your reader needs um, and start from there so i think it's largely that it's a different type of writing that we're doing now in work and and also that many people feel like they're not confident and they want to get empowered. Uh, And that's what we do in the classes as well.
0: Okay. Okay, Erin. So that's quite some insight, you know. Uh, People want to uh, write with confidence because some people, they feel nervous about their writing, even they are the very good writers. Mm -hmm. They have learned it in good schools, colleges, and are working in great positions. So that's, that's an insight. So I'll ask you about that, how to deal with that
1: uh you know how
0: to write with confidence yes then they want to know you know it's there is the in emotional intelligence at play. now uh what is it that they want to understand do they want to understand the buyer you know they already know about the buyer persona there is so much of research done by companies to understand Mm -hmm. uh, what their buyer looks like they have done their great work and so many agencies are involved just to know that fact so that part isn't uh, i want to understand how do they want where is the intelligence in uh, emotional intelligence coming in and if there is lack of empathy then where has their empathy gone as human beings you are born with a lot of empathy right to understand each other so i just want to understand through you about what's happening uh, you know largely into our societies in globally through you because these are the same changes because it's a global world people are using yeah. the same social media maybe be, be a bit of a cultural backdrop might be a bit different but it's a global uh, global world and issues are the same so three points first is why do you feel they are nervous if they are coming from great backgrounds and then how can we they how do you tell them how do you teach them to write with confidence mm-hmm. because this is this is not some this is a very Difficult job if I, if I can see it from here. It's mm-hmm. not that easy.
1: Right, right. Yeah, well, I think many people, like you said, they have education, they have expertise, um, and yet often they're still nervous about their writing. And I think that's because today we feel worried that writing um, brings judgment. We feel like my writing represents me. And I put it out there and my boss sees it and they might judge me, I think we've gotten a little bit worried about our writing representing us and people either thinking badly of it or just reacting badly to it because readers as well um, have a responsibility to play when we read something. You know, we have an interpretation and sometimes we sort of jump to a judgment of what that writer meant, but what if we're wrong? You know, we have to kind of have leave some grace some room in case that writer meant it well, but we took it wrong or badly. And so I think there's just a lot at stake when we write. And that's why people get nervous, even when they're very educated. Um, And so what I talk to them about for building writing confidence is to think about two things every time you write and to really recognize that you are the expert in the situation. So when anytime you have something to write, maybe you're posting an update on a shared work platform. Two things to always ask, what is my goal here and who are my readers? When we start with those questions and take a moment to stop and say, okay, my goal is to give an update, but my goal is also to make sure that I don't sound like I'm showing off about my update and saying that everyone else is late, right? I wanna do this in a gracious way. But I also want to give an update. So there's often two goals, an information goal and a relationship goal. And if you stop and analyze your goals and then you stop and analyze your readers, you realize that you truly are the expert in your writing situation. Nobody knows more about the writing situation than you, because you're the one who's able to say, all right, who is this reader? What is this goal? Let me think this through and we can get empowered to know we're capable of doing that, right? We're logical people, we're smart, we're, we can analyze our goal and our reader and then really feel like I'm empowered to make the right choices in my writing. Um, and, and then you brought up the idea of writing EQ and whether we have a lack of that. So I'll say a couple things on that. Um, people in my classes who bring up writing EQ, they mostly are worried that as they write in a clear, direct business way, that somebody might feel like they're not caring about them as well. So they're worried. How can I be fast because I'm so busy and we write all day long, but how can I make sure I don't harm any relationships in the process? Um, Which brings us back to that other part of your point there, where it seems like, I, I like how you said that we're born with, the ability to use empathy. And we grow that even more as kids as we watch the faces of the people around us, right? And it's a natural human trait, like you said. So why are we having to try so hard? Um, I guess I'd say two things. Number one is that I think we're a little bit more capable with empathy when we're speaking face to face because it's very obvious if the person is, you know, how the reader or listener is feeling about what we said And I think when we write, we forget that there's actually a human there. We tend to write thinking like, I need to finish my email. I need to finish my post. That's not what it's about. It's about the other human. And I, I tell people, imagine that human being literally sitting there reading your message. What does their face look like? Just like in, in person, we can see their face. So try to imagine the real on that one and imagine their face. But I think the other reason that we have to work uh, to put in empathy is because I think our, our culture lately has trained us to think about our own needs a lot. Uh, you know, whether it's something on social media where what we can do is like or dislike, it's about our our opinion. Everything today is becoming more and more about our own opinion and our own needs So we're sort of being trained to look at ourselves when we write. But But again, you're not writing for you. Um, and if we're giving an update, it doesn't really matter how I want to phrase my update or what I think is the most important part of my update. It matters what my reader needs to know. And yet we're we're often trained socially to be self-focused today. Um, and that kind of goes against the goal of empathy. So we have to use a little bit of self-management there and just remember that other person.
0: Right. Right. And in fact, you have a tough uh, you know job at hand. You see, empathy, lack of empathy uh, was already a problem in our workplaces. It was, you know, growing worldwide. People were feeling, uh, you know, difficult to go back to offices. And now you see it's led to the great resignation. So many people have quit and want time for themselves. They want to feel more human, more feeling like, you know, offices which have more who understand about them and their families. Uh, which did not happen in all the time because Zoom was creating a problem during COVID times, you know. So that was a challenge. Now, in today's time, when already empathy was a problem, when human to human were working, sitting next to uh, next cubicle to next cubicle, and still they were communicating on, you know, all those internal office uh, intranets and whatever you can call them. True. How will they create or develop empathy by working remotely isn't this a rising problem that they are they have to make do with and correct with and people like you only can help because people will know each other only through their writing maybe through, through their words but i don't know how much is that how will that work i just wanted to understand from you as an expert
1: yeah it's a really important issue right where many of us feel alienated and disconnected. And then you're right, many, many people I know, including young people who are in their first job, are alone in their rooms, working all day long, you know, and and I can think back to when I had my first job, it would have been very difficult to not be part of the culture at the workplace, I would have always wondered, you know, am I doing things the right way? I really don't know. And so we want to think about these these folks, these individuals who are by themselves wondering if they're contributing in the right way, wondering if they have their support of their leaders, et cetera, And so you're right, it's going to turn out that that person will only connect with their supervisor, as an example, through writing. And so what I've um, just talked with supervisors about is doing many people I know, many leaders do, for example, a weekly email just to touch base, right? Like, hey, team, here's what we're working with. If you do that type of regular writing or even just in your day to day emails, that's your opportunity to create connection as well as information. So I I worked recently with some new leaders who said, hey, I feel like my team is lonely. I email them every week. What should I do? And we said, well, how about if you start orienting your emails to what they're working on and to what they're nervous about? So two ideas there are number one, when we're writing about how our team is doing, let's call out the expertise of people on that team and try to find tiny, easy ways to work recognition and respect and empathy into those emails. And so for example, instead of me saying, oh, we're going to offer a new class. It's such a great idea. You know, I could say, oh, well, in our last session, both Priya and Michelle brought up this idea and I'm going to go for it. And I'm making sure to include them literally through words um, is one way that we can connect. And then another thing I would encourage leaders to do is try to model what you hope to see from your team and even emotionally. So as a teacher, when I would know oh, my students are really upset right now. There's something scary going on nationally, or there's something that's bothering them right now. Then I'm gonna model, oh, I feel bad too. And here's how I'm working through it. So leaders can model, oh, I felt kind of lonely and disconnected yesterday at work. So I hopped on a call or I sent a a DM to somebody and model that, show that it's okay to feel lonely and scared and and to not understand and show that as a leader to make sure that people feel comfortable writing back about that. Um, And I know many leaders too have created places in their project sharing platforms to have discussions about what we're feeling like on a human level um, and just connecting in there or people do coffee breaks together um, online and things like that, that we can try to create those opportunities for human connection.
0: Right, Erin, right. Because you mentioned that quite a few uh, number of your clients and people they feel that their writing may be good, but some they have a fear of uh, feeling of being misunderstood by whatever they write. Now that's not their problem, but and and there are so many people who have gone through life and they understand that it's not their uh, their issue. It's is the issue at the other end. But suppose for a twenty year, twenty two year old. Uh, person who has just joined into workforce for them it can be a huge issue it can make or break them both in terms of career as well as emotional level that right. is where it can be a big problem now in terms of today's time you know as you are telling them a lot also gets lost in translation right. you know you may write the best but your 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 audience or people who are who you are writing for may not have the capacity to read actually what you have written in the in the right earnest what actually you want to convey but may want to rush through it and take make their own conclusions
1: mm-hmm. now
0: how do you actually tell them to write in the best manner that general public understands a lot of your audience is general public the masses you you know for a salesperson, is the is the client the general people who are their buyers you know so just to how do they make sure that Nothing is lost in translation.
1: Yeah. It's an important question because that's right. So much gets lost now and it doesn't even have to be literal translation, right? Where we could be speaking the same language, but we're interpreting the words differently between writer and reader. And it's kind of the same as how, you know, you or someone who's listening or your friends, you could both see the same movie, or you could both read the same novel and you could have a completely different takeaway and different opinion of it so we know that people who read or listen to things have different reactions and so you're right we we really have to worry about that Um, and you know a a quick example that i had recently was somebody talked about the word green that they had asked someone in the warehouse for green paper and they got back white paper but it was recycled which is also a way of using the word green so right. it's something like that, I say we always want to think about the other the reader's culture, which includes their generation, their industry, maybe where they grew up, maybe customs, but we want to think about their cultural perspective. Um, but I, and I think the best thing we can do in those situ- in any situation where we're worried about interpretation is be as clear and concise as possible to not leave as much room for mistakes in interpreting. And the the clearest, most concise way to write any sentence is to start with who's doing something and then what they're doing, which is just the same thing as putting your subject and verb in the beginning. But we find with a lot of business writing, when people try to sound formal, that's when it gets confusing. You know, where we could say like, it is important to note the impact that emotional intelligence (laughs) might have on writing. It's like, whoa, what are we even talking about? But we could just say, you know, readers appreciate respectful writing and it's so easy. (laughs) So put your who and your what in the beginning of your sentence, take away that fluff that sounds fancy, like there are many interesting options to consider that doesn't even say anything, right? Get right to the point um, and try to reduce the fluff because the more fluff we have, the more likely that someone might confuse our message.
0: Right, right.
1: So I think in a nutshell,
0: we have covered quite a bit and you have shared a lot of expertise for uh, for the audience here. And that will be quite useful. But in this short time, but still we have talked about around 32 minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. You can you can say only as much as is possible in a podcast show. But there is so much to learn from you. And, you know, you, we will certainly, uh, anybody who wants to know from you can, go to your website and see. So can you tell us about, you know, how can people connect with you, know more about your courses, about, you know, how can they just make the best use of whatever you have to offer?
1: Sure, thank you. Yeah, well, I'd love to meet many of you over at my YouTube channel. Um, It's High Value Writing, and we've got people watching from around the world and sending in comments and questions. Um, So it's wonderful, a wonderful place to talk about writing. And because we have learners from around the world, you get to see different perspectives as well. Um, So if you head on over to the channel, you can see lots and lots of videos on some of the topics we've covered, and you can feel free to leave me a comment or a question as well. Um, And then I do have a book, High Value Writing, um, and it does come in the E option if that's easier where you live. But this book is available on most of the large international sellers, and it's, based on my classroom teaching, and it talks to you about what to consider when you're writing. So those are good ways. And then I'm also on LinkedIn, or you can find me through my website, HighValueWriting.com.
0: Right, right, Eric. In fact, I was about to ask you about your book, but you have mentioned about it, High Value Writing, Real Strategies for Real World.
1: Right. Yeah, because again, we often learned to write in a way that was not about real world issues. It was more about showing our teacher that we knew what we were supposed to know, but now we're writing in real world settings. And so I think that's what the book help
0: people with. Right. 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 It will help you, uh, you know, writers and business writers, especially boost their confidence by writing clearly, concisely and with intention. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you, Erin, for your time and we'll obviously talk more on how to because learning never ends it's a continuous
1: process that's right well thanks so much for having me thanks everybody have a wonderful day evening afternoon or night
0: (laughs) thank you thank you on this note it's a wrap on this special edition of the kj masterclass live thank you so much